welcome to Courageous Leadership with Virginia Prodan, training you to lead with courage. Hello, everyone. We are so happy you are here. Our podcast is um, a way and a tool for us to uh, bring you together and to train you to let the courageous leader in you that God built to flourish and even develop it under God's wings more than you can ever imagine. And uh, you know that many of my uh, trainings are based on my memoir, Saving My Assassin, because God trained me to be a strong and courageous leader under uh, horrible circumstances uh, and to fight against a dictator, socialist dictator in Romania. But we also love to bring courageous leaders, examples here from United States of America or from around the world to show you how they started, how they work every single day to be strong and courageous because leadership is not a position, leadership is a journey. And today we have a very special guest, Jerry Newcomb, and uh, he is a courageous leader. We know each other for a very long time, and I just want to welcome you, Jerry, and I want to uh, you to introduce yourself to our audience. Sure. My name is Jerry Newcomb, and I am the executive director of Providence Forum, which is an organization that was founded by Dr. Peter Lilback. He and I wrote a book together on the faith of George Washington, which actually became a best-selling book uh, several years ago. And it shows that George Washington was indeed a Christian. So anyway, Dr. Peter Lilback founded Providence Forum. He gave it a few years ago when he was so busy to D. James Kennedy Ministries. And I'm the one privileged to to direct that organization. And I also work with uh, D. James Kennedy Ministries full-time and I work on the TV program. We arranged for you to be one of our guests on the television program to tell your story about uh, saving my assassin. And uh, I have been with D. James Kennedy Ministries really for 36 years now. Thank you so very much. We appreciate uh, all you're doing. And I want uh, to sh- you to share with our, our audience what courageous leadership means to you. Because many people have a different point of view. So I would love for, for you to share your point of view of courageous leadership and how that will relate to our audience, they might have questions on that. Well, you know, Virginia, we live in a time when the history books are being rewritten and God is being erased. But if you honestly were to tell the story of America, you have to include the godly aspects. So you talk about brave and courageous leadership. The So many of the settlers of America and then later the founders of America, the founding fathers, this group of men and women, then by the time you get to the founding fathers, we're only talking about men there, but they showed courageous leadership. And many of them, not all, but many of them were inspired by the Bible. Uh, so for example, this year is uh, 
2021. It's the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving held in Plymouth, Massachusetts by the Pilgrims in 1621. And they invited their new friends, the Indians, and it was a major deal. And we've been celebrating Thanksgiving in the Plymouth mold ever since in this country. And it's, it's been a national holiday since the days of Abraham Lincoln. But the Pilgrims were very strong Christians, very great leaders, men and women. Half their number died. All they wanted to do was to, to get away from England and then later from Holland so they could worship Jesus Christ in the purity of the gospel as they understood from the Bible itself. And uh, they were blown off course. Their first goal was to go to the northern parts of Virginia, which in those days, Virginia was very large in its map. And that would have been about where New York City is now. They were blown off course and they ended up 250 or so miles north of there at, at Cape Cod in what is today Massachusetts. And before they, they stepped one foot off the Mayflower boat, the Mayflower ship, they made an agreement for self-government under God, and that's called the Mayflower Compact. And historians say this is the beginning of what ultimately culminates with the Declaration of Independence, our national birth certificate, July 4th, 1776. It was voted and for approval, the final wording. And then also our U.S. Constitution, which is theoretically what governs America. When politicians get sworn in on the Holy Bible, they swear to what? Uphold the U.S. Constitution. But the process of creating a written agreement for self-government under God began in the cabin of the Mayflower on November 11th, 1620, uh, when the pilgrims first came over. And as I say, they were blown off course. And so they created that Mayflower Compact. After them, there were other documents, mostly Puritans. They were, they were basically what they were, were covenants, these documents, frames of governments. They were agreement for self-government under God, signed by witnesses. That's what they were. And they, they got their model from the Bible, ultimately. The biblical concept of covenant gave rise to the U.S. Constitution. That's a big story here. And a lot of people don't realize this. And today we live in a time where a lot of judges and school principals and, and media elites and so forth, politicians, they act as if God has nothing to do with America or God is not allowed in the public arena. Well, if it weren't for God, there would be no public arena. There would be no America, really, to speak of. Certainly not the freedoms that we've enjoyed historically. And by the way, as religious freedom curtails, so other freedoms also go down with it. You saw yourself growing up in Romania. What happens when a country loses its religious freedom? Well, the other religions, the other freedoms fall away as well. Free, free speech, freedom of assembly, etc. Yes. Um, you know, you said a few things that I want to underline is that we have all the principles in the Bible on how to live, how to govern ourselves, and how to live a courageous life. 
courageous leadership, it's not, like I said, a title, but it's a journey. It starts when nobody pays attention. You can be by yourself. You can be standing up for what is right. And I remember lots of people, many times, they will say to me, oh, you have an amazing platform. And it's true. Yes, I do have an amazing platform, but I always remind them, do you know where my platform starts? A long time ago in my law office in Romania, when I was wondering, shall I take this case to defend the Christians and to sue the government? Maybe they will kill me. Maybe they will uh, take my kids away from me. But God gave me the power to be a courageous leader. So if you find yourself that you think that you are alone, yes, it's a test. You are alone with God and God will just build your platform and will be with you and give you all the resources. And the other thing that you mentioned that it's very important is the religious freedom. You might think that what uh, religious freedom doesn't affect you, maybe because you don't believe in God, but you are so right, Jerry. You don't have religious freedom all the other rights will be taken away. When the mm-hmm. pilgrims came to United States, one of the things that was important for them was to make sure that no government will be allowed to come inside of their home without a warrant. In fact, mm-hmm. they call their small tent, their small house, they will say, and they base that on, the, on a very important principle, my house is my castle. They, they consider to be on the same level like the king. King cannot come inside of me, like in England, inside of, mm-hmm. uh, of my home without a warrant. People that had never experienced, like I experienced under socialists, the government can come in your home no matter when and what without a reason. They will be blown away and they will stand up for the rights that we have. And you might think, oh, it's not the case in America. But think about They want to check us if we are vaccinated or not without a warrant. If we allow them this, we lose our right. Um, that we, our, the pilgrims, fought so much about this. It, it, it is so important what you said that... America was based, and it's based on God's principle. And uh, uh, the Bible had a very important role. What and how you, you as an organization preserve and train people on how important is or was the Bible and how important is the Bible today to keep America the, the country that we receive, we enjoy freedom, and it's our responsibility to preserve it for next generation. What is your organization doing? Well, the Providence Forum exists to mainly to educate people, and, and you know our primary target audience for now is, is Christians, because it's important for Christians to realize uh, what heritage we have what we've had in the past, what we have received. Uh, we are, in effect, the guardians of this heritage, and it's our duty to pass it on to the next generation. And obviously, this generation has not done a great job of that because a lot of young people today 
look at America as if America is all evil. One, one man actually said, a U.S. senator actually said, America invented slavery. America. This man is so ignorant. I'm sorry. In the 6,000 years of recorded history, slavery, unfortunately, has been mankind's fair, uh, and it's very unfair. And the, in fact, I interviewed a guy named Dr. Walter Williams. He has since died, but he was a professor at George Mason University, a black gentleman, very knowledgeable. And he said, he said, slavery has been mankind's fair since the beginning of recorded time. What's significant about the Western world and America in particular is the way we spent so many resources to uproot and get rid of slavery. Slavery is still practiced in other parts of the world where the gospel of Jesus Christ is not penetrating. And this is really important to realize. Yes, America was flawed in its beginning in terms of mistreatment of blacks or mistreatment of Indians. But but thank thank God we were able to rectify a lot of these things. And we're we still have flaws in our system. You know, America, America, God bless thee and God mend thine every flaw. Yes, we need to mend. We need God's help to mend these flaws. And we're working on that. But boy, we've gotten so much better. And a lot of people talk about a modern America as if this is just as bad as it ever was as far as uh, blacks being mistreated and, and not having rights and so forth. And I think what's happened is we have allowed, unfortunately, Marxist views to, to shape our thinking to, to, Marx said, if you can, and Marx is the you know, reason Ceausescu did what he did was he was following the teachings of Marx, as was Stalin, as was Lenin, yeah. as was Mao, as was, you know, Castro and all these tin pot dictators. But what they did was Mao said, I mean, Marx said, if you can separate a people from its history, then you can shape it into whatever you want to be. As, as a former communist who then became a conservative, George Orwell wrote in his classic book, 1984, which, by the way, was written in 1948. He just transposed those two uh, numbers. He said, who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the peasant, present controls the past. So what we've had, Virginia, is America's history has been taken over, the teaching of it, by a lot of leftists. Marxists who have basically separated us from our history and from God. And uh, even a lot of the founding fathers who were, let's say, more questionable in their beliefs, they weren't born again, Orthodox Christians. Most of them were Christians, Trinitarian Christians involved in Trinitarian congregations and, and so forth. But there were a few exceptions here and there. Let's take the example of Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson actually helped found an evangelical church in 1777, a year after he wrote the first draft of the Declaration of Independence. That evangelical church was called the Calvinistical Reformed Church of Charlottesville. He paid more money than any of the other lay people. He wrote up the agreement for it. They called an evangelical minister, the Reverend Charles Clay. He uh, preached sermons that were evangelistic. He was also very patriotic. But anyway, here's the point about Jefferson. Jefferson wrote in 1777 something called the Virginia Statute for Religious Liberty, which was later adopted in 1786. And he says, Almighty God has created the mind, the mind free, and any attempts to burden it are a departure from the plan of the holy author of our religion. In other words, what, you, what Jefferson is really saying, Jesus Christ gives us the freedom 
to believe or not to believe. And it's not up to the state to decide what you believe or what you don't believe. Therefore, here in America, we should be free to believe what we want to believe or not believe. The state is not going to impose some sort of worldview on you. And what's happened in the last generation or so, some of the court decisions and some of the elitists are basically saying, okay, your religion is not allowed in the public arena. So in effect, they're saying the established religion of America is secular humanism. And that's not at all the the worldview that gave birth to America and America's freedoms. So we're losing American freedom as we get away from Jesus. I believe you're right. And one of the reasons I believe is um, um, because we we live, you look in the Old Testament and when when uh, people started to flourish, they started to slowly forget about God and everything. But there is a point where God always kind of prompt us, you went too far, you created too many idols, come back. The the benefit that I have, wherever I go and speak, including Christian and non-Christian, liberal organization, or even colleges, is that I uh, share from my own life and even students that were brainwashed by college they will stand up and say, oh, nobody told us about building this kind of the society. You lived under, we don't want to. So that yeah. tells me that those young people are still looking for a solution. They just yes. find, they just jump from one philosophy to another. But when they are exposed to the reality and how God can work and how God can bring us back and like you said God created us free it's up to us if we embrace his freedom or if we want to go with the freedom offered by different philosophy that at the end we will realize there is not freedom at all it's something that uh, a group of people or a government wants to submit uh, us under well let's just take it yeah take the example of the bible and, and specifically take the example of the Bible and education in the American experience. The early education for the first 200 years to 250 to 300 years even of America's experience, the Bible was the chief textbook in one way or another. The Puritans, for example, had a little booklet that uh, ended up having more than 120 million copies made called the New England uh, Primer. And in this book, They learned their ABCs. They learned the Westminster Confession of Faith. They had the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed. But here's how they learned their ABCs. A, in Adam's fall, we sinned all. This is children learning this. B, thy life to mend, the Bible tend. C, Christ crucified for sinners died. Now, what was the effect of all this emphasis on education so that people could read the Bible for themselves? Mm-hmm. The, edu- the, the the impact was a very literate populace. Freedom can continue as long as we have a literate and well-educated populace, but it will die with people, who, uh, you know, if ignorance prevails. So now we have widespread misinformation about America, about America's founding, and it's amazing. I mean, for example, the Bible was the cause of the creation of Harvard. 
The Bible was the reason that Yale University was started. The Bible was the reason that William and Mary was started. Dartmouth, all the great schools were were founded. And, and partly, I mean, the main purpose was to, to basically uh, train future ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's been a all tremendous they, blessing. Them, they moved to a different perspective. And my impression yeah. talking with people is there are lots of parents now with COVID realize what their, their uh, children or adults yes. are, in, in the are taught in school. And now there is a reaction. And I believe that many, many uh, those colleges will lose what they already build outside of God. And also also, the Bible says that um, the future generation will know about Christ. If it's a future mm. generation in America, because we go back to God or someone else, God's word is forever. And I, right. I want to say that you 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 give us a, a rainbow of uh, you know uh, how the Bible play an important role and should play an important role in the current you know, present situation of America and how your organization is training people to do that. For our audience, would you please tell us where they can find you? Sure. Uh, the website is providenceforum.org. Providenceforum.org. And again, uh, my thanks to uh, Dr. Peter Lilback, who founded that organization, and also to D. James Kennedy Ministries, which now runs it. And I'm the one privileged to actually uh, steer the ship at this <laughs> at this point. It's it's fantastic. I mean, I I feel I feel like once people start looking at the subject of America's true heritage, you see that the Bible and God played a major role. Uh, Virginia, you see behind me, see where my finger's pointing, see those blue yeah. books? Uh -huh. Okay, yes. all those blue books are part of something from the Encyclopedia Britannica, and they're called the Annals of America. It's about 20 volumes. It was published in 1976, and the purpose of it was just to, to these are, are documents that were important in American history. I mentioned the Mayflower Compact earlier. I mentioned the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. All three of those are found in their respective years. And the first three volumes of those books deal with the early era of America, the settling period, and then also the founding period. And they document beyond a reasonable doubt that God and the Christian faith played a major, major role in the founding of so many good things in our culture. And uh, I think it's, it's important that we get back to God and not allow uh, our prosperity to forget God, and not allow uh, all these detractors, Marxist detractors that are trying to change America and make it into something that it never was designed to be and something that would be much worse. Yes. I mean, yes. Virginia, let me ask you a question. Where can you name one square inch on this planet, one square inch where Marxism has done anybody anything good? Yeah, I cannot. And I, in fact, I call socialists and communists a land of lies and a prison land. And I live there. I know what I'm talking about. But Jay, I want to thank you so very much for coming again to our podcast sure. and sharing wonderful, wonderful values with us. And we will invite you again. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. God bless you, Virginia.
Was that okay? Virginia Pradhan, the coaching program, buy her book, Saving My Assassin, or invite Virginia to speak at your events, visit virginiapradhanbooks.com.